Uh, morning, everybody. Andrew. Oh, could be uh, could be evening. Andrew from uh, Inside AV. Keith's here. Yep. And we've got a guest tonight. A very important guest, Hannah. And uh, I'm not going to pronounce Hannah's surname. Uh, she's going to uh, introduce herself. <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Good afternoon, everyone. How yes, are you? It's, so it's the afternoon on your side of the yes. room, and it's the morning on this side. <laughs> um, I uh, I was just saying to uh, Hannah that uh, if I was in the alcohol business. I'd possibly be a drunk. Um, how do you find it, Hannah? You're in the alcohol business. You uh, produce a, a fine spirit that Keith and I have just tasted. <laughs> and it's about 10 o'clock uh, in the morning. Oh, so Somewhere in the world. It's somewhere in the world. That's right. <laughs> and I tell you what, I'm feeling pretty good. Excellent. So you don't, don't, what time do you start drinking on an average day? Oh, yeah, or as soon as I wake up. No, not, <laughs> <laughs> or, or are you not a drinker? No, look, to be honest, you know, strong is something I really love. It's it's a beautiful spirit, but at the same time, you know, I'm not a drunk. I'm, I'm, I am one to wake up early and I go jogging and I have green smoothies and I eat a lot of nutrition and a lot of alkaline food. So I mm. hate to disappoint you, I'm, I'm not a well, drunk. Well, actually, I'm not, I'm not in the slightest disappointed. Um, it's, uh, when I say drunk, that conjures um, visions of a guy that I... Pedal past on almost a daily basis who lives under the bridge over here, the poor guy. <laughs> uh, seems like a nice bloke, but uh, yeah, you don't look like him at all. Oh, good. Thank um, you. Now, some people, listeners, may be wondering why we have Hannah here, a producer of a fine spirit called Strom, that's, uh, and you're located locally. That's right. Uh, which is one reason why you are here. But what is the connection to AV? People may be wondering. And Keith alluded to it earlier while we were uh, I was taking care of business. You said something about uh, B and O. Oh, that's right. Well, we were trying to imagine what oh, sort yeah. of AV gear or hi-fi gear oh. she'd be in, in, interested in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh yeah. my goodness, Bang, Bang and Olsen is by far my favourite brand. Oh, mm-hmm. It's amazing, and I, and I think a lot of that influence comes back to my dad. Like ever since I can remember from mm-hmm. a young age, it's it's what my dad's always talked about. Had me listening, dragged me to every store whenever we get a chance to, to listen to the sound system and check them out. And kind of goes a bit further where my dad would actually sit me down and he'd start drawing sound systems and, you know, explaining um, explaining a lot of the sounds and which, you know, which walls they bounce off and mm-hmm. everything else. So actually, that's, I got a bit of a passion towards that um, okay. as well. And you and you like your music, I take it? Oh, I love music. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's the B&O... Keith alluded to a connection. Well, yeah, you said something about your dad had something to do with being back in the days, or may have. Uh, he actually, you know, since he was about eighteen, he was part of a hi-fi club and he used to design a lot of sound systems. He's built okay. speakers, and I okay. think we should get her and get him in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. That's enough, Hannah. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks, guys. <laughs> no, please go on. No, no, it's great. And so, um, actually, over the many years while I was still in high school, he started um, just you know doing a lot of drawing of, of a sound system, which he sort of pitched to B and O, uh, and mm-hmm. obviously all that side of it's quite confidential, but it's just something he had in his mind for many years. Okay. And yeah. It's um, it was quite quite impressive, actually. Mm. And did that design go into production, do you think, or is it... Or, or, uh, or, not at this point in time, obviously, yeah. B&O are very tight and we know work yeah. very closely with their own team, but yeah, um, yeah. that's not to say it might oh. not happen. Mm. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, B&O is a product that sometimes uh, us industry folk sling off at in one way, although I don't as a tech. Uh, it's great to work on. It's obviously very well crafted and we actually do repair it here. And quite happily, it's not something that, of course, I think it gets slung off because you can't sell it. It's sold through its own distribution channels, its own stores, and yeah. and so 
they sort of place themselves, you know, often a separate yeah. area away from the mainstream of the industry. But they do that also because of the striking appearance of the product and and uh, the relatively high uh, price points. <laughs> but it is really sexy. Oh, no, it is. It, it, <laughs> right. but, but I have to admit, we recently had uh, a B&O guy uh, in the store here because we were doing a repair on some of their uh, more expensive speakers and we mm-hmm. were, we'd bought a bunch of modules, if you like, off uh, B&O. B&O. And uh, the guy came up to uh, for us to do the the fitting of these amplifier modules and calibration and so forth and make sure they were all right. Mm. And uh, we got talking and he he uh, had the latest brochure, which has got a very fancy-looking television on the front there, later, which, of course, B&O is well-known for their stylish yes, TVs. Yes, of course. The 103-inch uh, one with this hydraulic base that does all these things. It oh, sort of right. folds yep. itself away. Yep. And I w- must admit, I'm not easy, easily floored with crazy prices on hi-fi or audiovisual products because, you know, I've been doing it a long time and I've seen everything. So I, at least I thought I had. <laughs> that, that TV sells for $250,000 and nice. that's, um, yeah, that's, that's, a lot of that's a lot of TV. A lot, of, a lot, a lot of, of TV. But, and he assured me, and I, I, of course, immediately say, oh, when you've actually sold those in Australia, well, I think they had sold Okay. But there's a smaller version which uses the same base, and I think it's... um, I have seen it, actually, It's the smaller one... Oh, I'm forgetting the size. It may have been a 58 or a 60. It might be a 65, actually. Well, that's another... But it's only a hundred... <laughs> it's only a... Yeah, well, there's, there's this strange tie-in with Panasonic. Yeah, but of course it is. It's plasma and, you know, yeah. it's, it uses Panasonic technology. That's fine. I mean, of it's course. the best plasma technology. But... But uh, uh, it's uh, they have sold the the less expensive one in Brisbane, yeah, and uh, which is one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. That's so, good. So um, you know there is there's, yeah. there's some money. Yeah, I'd love to see Brisbane. some stuff on that TV. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be more interested in putting it away and moving it up and down. Doesn't I think it, it, it is. Hydraulics. It has all yeah. sorts of fancy. Gee, hydraulics. hydraulics. That's pretty impressive, though. Yeah. It it comes up. It, so it, <laughs> it doesn't actually do that, much. <laughs> but it's. I'm sure, as as motorised bases go, it's the finest yep. of quality. So, um, wh- and where were you? Where did you grow up? What, wh- where were uh, you when this hi-fi yeah. passion was uh, occurring? This? Pretty much, I grew up in the Czech Republic. I yes. grew up in a very small town called Ipovalazny, which is up in the mountains. So. I'm going to just get you to say that one more time. Ipovalazny. <laughs> um, I couldn't pronounce that. Yes, probably but, couldn't pronounce my maiden name either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it, uh, um, I like the Czech Republic. Uh, I like it for one key reason, as a beer fan. Uh, yeah, of course. Two, two best pilsners in the world, uh, of course, hail from there. Yeah, are you, from, much, are you much into beer at all? Or? Uh, I've, you know, I'm not a beer drinker, but no. when it comes to traditional Czech dishes, which my mum might cook or. Mm been to a few places, you know, where you have lots of sauerkraut dumplings and roast duck. Um, mm-hmm. You have to have a beer with it. Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't mm-hmm. taste the same without mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. as, as you probably already know, like, Czech is, like, the number one consumer um, of beer in the world. Like, you know, they actually, actually go I, I didn't beyond know Germany. And that's always really? been the is debate. That, like, and, per capita? And, <laughs> is that right? I actually have a friend of mine, uh, Kristen Schuen, whose background's German, and we're always debating this exactly same topic about, mm-hmm. you know, who's bigger. And, and in Czech Republic, she takes it um, takes it out, you know, the, the, the beer and the food mm-hmm. and, and apparently the ladies, but... <laughs> oh, the ladies are pretty Yes. I know that for a fact. And, uh, and obviously uh, the beautiful history of Prague, which is just yeah, yeah. absolutely beautiful. Now, actually, the last trip I was over there, I wanted to go to, to sort of, to well, to Prague, really, and I really, more importantly, wanted to go to the um, couple of the breweries, but I 
I've run out of time, but I'm definitely going next trip. And right. I probably was underestimating the uh, actual architectural side of things to some degree mm. and the uh, the beauty of that city. And uh, uh, I, think, um, I think my mother's going there, actually, on her next trip over there. If she's not, she should be. Yeah. Um, she certainly keeps talking about it. So, I mean, is, is tourism becoming a bigger part of... Uh, well, tourism is huge. I mean, in Prague, the capital, it's yep. it's one of the most, probably in the top five most um, known for tourism because it's it's just such a fascinating but it city. it wasn't and, 20, 20 years and, um, ago, though, was it? You know that you know. There's been a lot of changes, and mm. obviously, you know, I grew up still when it was communism mm. time. And I mean, That's when what you driving at, yeah, yeah. When, when you live within communism, it was actually a great lifestyle because everyone was pretty much equal. Everyone yes. had a beautiful home, great mm. cars, like great living. Like everyone okay. really had that. And so, when basically the whole communism ended, everything you know privatized. Um, then suddenly, you started to see where you know people thrived either doing grain business, and there yes. were the people that really were lost in, in direction because mm. there's no no longer, you know, government, the government sort of going, okay, this is what you're doing for the day. You sort of had to that's get a, up on your two feet and go, right. okay, I've that's got to big, take control uh, myself. A big, literally a big shift in culture, isn't it? So um, I was fairly young, of course. I left when I was 10 years old. I've been 20 yeah. years in Australia, so yes. I'm very Australian. Yes. And, yes. you know, I still love my heritage. And, and this is the great part about Strom is I get to really learn so much about my own country thanks to the product that I make here in Australia. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to have a break mm-hmm. and we'll be right back. Okay, Sounds great. Kinda. We should have a strong. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back even even more relaxed in a minute. <laughs> I was going to the Yukon Lounge, started hanging out with this girl there. Said her and her husband had busted up. Said she wasn't used to drinking, but I could tell she was. And we're back with um, Hannah, Keith. She hasn't left the room yet. No, we haven't, still here. We haven't sent her away. Um, we should talk more about um, audio in relation to you, Hannah. But um, but uh, before we do that, let's talk about something far more interesting: helicopters and planes. Oh, hello. <laughs> okay, <laughs> call my attention. You have an interest in helicopters? So do I. In fact, you know, uh, I was once told um, when I was inquiring about helicopter training... Can I just go out? I'll go out and do a job now. Come back when you... <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a very brief <laughs> joke. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's OK. Yeah, I was just getting comfy in my seat here to listen to the story. <laughs> yeah, we did give you the comfy chair. Actually, I think, yeah, actually, I'm I think it comfy was a, here. I think it was a pilot. It wasn't a, it wasn't a training pilot at a school or anything. But uh, I did ask what was the hardest thing. Uh, about learning to fly helicopters, and I was assured that paying for the lessons was, in fact, the hardest thing, uh, which, of course, <laughs> yes. it is. Um, so do you fly choppers? Do you just sit in the passenger seat? What do you do? Uh, you know, I love to sit in the passenger seat. I always mm. like someone else flying, driving, etc. Oh, OK. It's okay. more my style. But oh, uh, right. <laughs> I would just say I did have, I did, I've had um, a couple of lessons, and over Christmas mm. I had a great lesson here, here in Calantra Airport, actually. Yeah, okay. and, yeah, um, yeah. You know, just, just a little bit of hovering, a little bit of flying. It was pretty windy. And funny enough, because um, I've always had a lot of bad motion sickness and that's mm. why I gave up the whole aeroplane thing okay. many years ago yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and great thing in, in helicopters you don't really feel that unless mm. it's pretty windy or turbulent sort of day yep. but uh, it's pretty fantastic like just <laughs> no. the whole feeling they are the most amazing helicopter. the fact that it's 
It's um, yeah. I've only been a chopper a couple of times. I like it a lot. Mm. Uh, I would go and I fly fixed wings, or at least I used to. Yes, and uh, I would go and learn helicopters tomorrow. But uh, <clears throat> the um, five hundred dollars an hour or whatever is yeah, uh, there's is, definitely a big cost behind it. Most certainly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, does that good pay for breakages. <laughs> no, choppers are expensive to run. They most certainly are. Uh, I don't think the pilot gets paid yeah, very we... much, but uh, you know, you're looking at. Well, what did you go flying the other day? An R22? Or... Oh yeah, it was just a little Robinson R22. Yep, yep. But you know, my my love with helicopters is is along the lines of Eurocopter, or yeah. Gusta Westline. You've got Grand 109, so really nice sort of VIP oh. type of aircraft. And <laughs> and and I guess you know, I Andrew's I'm... in love. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm gonna turn that off. Um, yeah, look, I uh, I'm not a helicopter expert in the slightest, um, but uh, in fact, I'd really like to learn to fly in a 47, a Bell 47. I think because um, I think it's the uh, the purer sort of um, <laughs> you know uh, sort of thing to learn to fly in. But uh, it's a shame. Uh, friend of mine and customer who lives around the corner is a big-time helicopter pilot, and he's off flying choppers now, which is why he's yeah. not here. Flies the, the biggest Bell thing, 20-place thing or something, some huge thing. Yeah, flies Bell just released and a brand new aircraft. It's huge. It's like a bus. Yeah, and he he actually has to go to, I think it's for that aircraft, because he, he flies a couple of different types, but he had to go recently to bloody Norway, I think it was, for to do training in a simulator. Oh, wow. Um yeah, uh, he's fairly. Actually, he's not normal in the slightest. I was going to say, he's no. <laughs> <that laughs> crazy, mate. Yeah, yeah, he's bong. He's the guy, the guy that got me in the unicycles as well. But um, the hovering, how did you go? Uh, hey, I did pretty good. Like mm. you know, my instructor even took his, you know, hands up out of the aircraft so we can see that I was, I was um, really you know, handling it. So. You know, I can't say I'm great, but it, it really takes a lot of hours to, to, you know, not just to get confident, but to actually handle a helicopter. I mean, it's pretty, pretty complex. And, oh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not one to really get behind to, to, as far as flying. It's enjoyable, but I'm, I'm, I love the fact that I get to be involved in an industry that's to do with search and rescue. And So what, let, tell us, oh, you, yeah, give us a She needs to fill that bit in. She's got two businesses. All right. I, um, so. Has Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Hannah what. Has. Uh, tell us about it. Uh, sure. I, I, well, what I do is I actually contract to a company called Helimonts, and mm-hmm. uh, they specialize in modification, customization of aircraft. Mm-hmm. And probably one of their big specialties is, is all, all aeromedical interior. So oh, okay. my yeah. job there is, you know, we run all the events and all the expos in, in mainly U.S., which we just had the last one um, mm-hmm. over in uh, over in Texas, which is fantastic. And we do quite a few around the U.S. and Australia. And what we do is we pretty much um, specialize in the entire medical interior of an aircraft so okay. from from your stretchers which we have a loading system they're incredible cutting edge technology it's it's, it's pretty impressive in carbon fiber and cool. composite sandwich panels so very light materials but yep. obviously um designed you know way to strength so they can comply with all the new regulations which aviation's are pretty strict and uh well yeah you, you can't go and load the hell out of the aircraft with the uh, medical fit out can you no I so mean, it's got to yeah. be it's pr- yeah. pretty light and yes uh, Yep. It's uh, it's fantastic, you know. It's it's an industry I have a huge passion for, always have. And yep. and last year I was very fortunate to be involved with the World Heli Challenge. So that was together with obviously my brand Strom, and uh, it's a helicopter event with sixty world athletes over in Wanaka. You know, mm. so you you're heli 
up over there on some of the most spectacular mountains and scenery and to be just part of it, having a bottle of Strom in my hands, snowing <laughs> helicopters, it, it was seriously a dream come true. So. Mention Strom again, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, S-T-R-O-M, available in all good local bottle shops. Um, was it, actually, what does it sell for per jug? It's $110 a bottle. Uh, uh, for is that a five-litre bottle? Or, <laughs> no, um, that's a 750ml bottle. 750 or 700? Yes. <laughs> 750. 750? 24 standard drinks, absolutely. Okay, all right. 110, I think you said. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that seems like fair value. Well, we've got to go now. Uh, <laughs> um, You've got to pay for the helicopter training lessons somehow. Yeah, well, you know. Anna's <laughs> not going to learn to fly choppers, though. She long, she I'm going to chuck in a little thing that I heard, uh, not being a helicopter person, mm. really, but these radio-controlled helicopters, mm-hmm. the, the serious ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Wow. Uh, they're actually harder to fly than the real thing because... Well, <laughs> I can fly those. You can? I can fly those, yep. My husband's, you know, had them in my hand, remote control. Mm. No worries. You put me in a real aircraft. Totally different? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> just clearing that one up. It's a lot, yeah. I'll tell you what my thought is on that, because this is swinging back to AV and gaming, not that we're into gaming, but I actually find my the only gaming interest I have is cars and bikes. I find it way harder to do in the game. Mm-hmm. Although it requires far less bravery. See, and of course it doesn't hurt when you fall off. But the On a bike it does. Yeah, but not not in the game it doesn't. Oh, right, not, in the game. <laughs> not in the game, oh, right, no. oh, sorry. On the bike it definitely does, I can assure you. The the don't tell me you like ride motorbikes. Oh, or something. I love motorbikes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely married, aren't you? That's right. Um so uh I'm going to swing this back to AV in another sense sure. as well, but the gaming thing. And I and years ago I had um, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I used to used to use it a lot when I was when I was interested in flying planes. And and I used to find the simulator way harder. Partly because you don't have that peripheral sort of that thing, is very true. and there's no feedback. And so it's interesting you say that because I've also mm. tried to. I've had I've still got a couple of tiny helicopter models. I found them quite hard to fly. Um, possibly because they were a little, they were very affected by the breeze because they were so small and light. Your husband's very one's true. probably a you know, proper size, you know, and yep. a bit easier, a bit more stable perhaps, <laughs> or really good gyros built into them or whatever, so they sort of fly a bit better. Mm. But um, the thing that the thing that you don't have to do in a real helicopter, which I was getting leading up to, is that when the thing's flying back towards you, you don't so have well, to fly it backwards. <laughs> Everything changes, doesn't yes. it? Yes. And that's, it does. And then when it gets far so enough away, you can't see whether it's flying right. towards you or away. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, Slightly different. Absolutely, so you, you, yeah. So, but you've had a go at the controls on the Robinson, and you, and you, you still... Because like, when, you, when you're actually flying along at a bit of speed, it flies a bit like a plane, doesn't it, the helicopter? Absolutely. You know, yeah. when, when you're just flying across, you know, going straight, it's, yes. it's you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's, mm. you know, you can handle... All of it. But when it comes to the the hovering side, and you know, there is a, a lot of things to, to obviously bear in mind and, and keep your eyes on and mm. everything else. There is an analogy for hovering a helicopter, and it's something like balancing a soccer ball on top of a tennis ball while <laughs> no on top idea. of a tennis racket <laughs> or something. You know, where you you know, it's almost yeah. an impossibility. It requires obviously a lot of patience and a lot of time. To, um... I um, recently taught myself how to ride a unicycle. And the guy that loaned me his um, um, 
is the helicopter guy, yes. right? And I quickly got sick of his buggered old unicycle and bought a proper one. But but uh, so I've got to give it give it the broken one that I've I've wrecked his. You know, I've just <laughs> smashed it and smashed it. I mean, learning to ride a unicycle is is incredibly frustrating. Um, so I'm keen to catch up with Simon and ask him what's harder. Is, is you know hovering a chopper since he's done both, or um, you know, learning to hover or learning to ride a uni. Now I'm hoping the answer is it's harder to ride the uni <laughs> because it, well, I'll give you the answer to that. Yeah, how many clowns do you see flying helicopters? <laughs> Most helicopter pilots are clowns. What are you talking about? Or how many clowns do you see on unicycles? Look, I'm sick of circus jokes. All right, that's all you get. You ride around and it's like, oh, you're missing a wheel. Oh, where's your red nose? Yeah, anyhow. Um, okay, back to stereos. Yes, games. So what have you got at home? Oh, what no, you you're, you're going to laugh at me. Um, no, well, that's the idea. Well, I don't actually even own a TV. I, I threw that out like years ago. <laughs> you don't own a TV? Yeah, I, it was it was really uh, quite a lot, maybe four or five years ago mm-hmm. that uh, you know I was looking at it and I was thinking, you know, sometimes we put it on and this thing called TV and it's seriously full of rubbish and mm, so I literally grabbed it throughout the window and it was mm. the end of it and it's been so wonderful not to have it. Tell um, us more about the uh, window. Was the window open at the time? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. And <laughs> yes, how large a television was it? No, it was, it, I, don't, I don't know, it was big. It's, yeah, it was a 68. I don't know. It was a like, Sonic CR. <laughs> one of those? <laughs> so it was, a, it, was a, yeah, it was an old school TV. It yeah. wasn't a flat So, panel. you know, if anything, I you know occasionally I watch a movie on something, I just watch it on my uh, Mac which is just okay. computer, and, and that's that's pretty good for me. Um, obviously, I do love music, and um, you have a sound system now that's more pretty much my husband's, and mm. likes his music too. And then at the moment, I've been a lot, lot in Melbourne, and a friend mm-hmm. of mine's very much into his hi fi's. And yep, um, so he's got a decent system. Ah, uh, yeah. Now you can ask me brands. So no, 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 no. So I mean, much. You know, no, I know more, one of more, them's lower. More, but... What is it? What what form does it take? Is it is it a pair of old school speakers and amplifier and a CD, or is it a little Nice Pretty much, oh, yeah, you know, nice, decent speakers. I mean, one of them um, who's got the lower uh, brand, and um, yep. they're fantastic, so great too. Okay, and but at home, it. your husband's got some kind of stereo, or is it just a little system, or is it? Yeah, just, you know, same thing, just all speakers. And, and so it's a proper stereo system. Okay, oh, so you get to use that. Yes, I yeah. use a lot. I and love do you music. I wake your up, phone, or what do you, because you've got an iPhone, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, do you use your phone to play the music, or have you got CD, yeah. a CD collection? Or no, pretty much. You know, like from always, it's an iPod thing, or on on my Apple computer, or iTunes. Okay, so you've, yeah, yeah, so yeah, because we know you got iTunes because you're asking us about your. Um, yes, I love iPad. Apple everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so do I. Except their computers. Um, uh, I was going to say, uh, get a question, Keith. I've got a bunch of questions here, but uh, but I, I think we should talk about AV for a second. In fact, we'll have another quick break, and we'll come back and we will talk to Hannah about her musical taste. Her musical taste. We'll bring some <laughs> if, if it matters. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> back in a sec. Ooh, Hannah's still in the room, and we're going to delve into the music taste. Dirt so, box. Oh, dirt <laughs> box. Oh. I thought we were going to talk music. No, no, no. <laughs> what, what, what do you listen to? 
What do I listen to? Uh, look, I, I like a lot of different type of music. Um, you know, when you're on Sunshine Coast, a lot, a lot of my friends love Triple J and, and anything that goes mm-hmm. with it. I'm a little bit more commercial. Um, probably not something everyone always wants to hear, but I, you know, back years and years ago, I used to do a lot of choreography dancing. So I love, you know, dance music and mm-hmm. a bit of house music and electronic style. But then at the same time, I like to listen to some chill out music and just some like Captain Meyer and on a sunset that's pretty fantastic as well and a lot of variety you know classical music at the right times if i'm under a lot of pressure or if i'm in my car and i've really got a lot of things on my mind just throwing a bit of mozart or something like that's fantastic too so really comes with with the mood you're in so you when you want to listen to mozart do you flick to 4mbs or abc fm stereo on the radio do you or have you got a Um, cd collection don't listen to radio Uh, (laughs) well you listen to triple j no, well, that's what a lot of my friends mean... isn't it? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, look, it, it, just a little bit of both. I think mm. um, obviously um, I've got a huge iTunes library and mm. I have a lot of, you know, different genres of music and that's where I flick it onto. Okay, so how did that music get into iTunes? Uh, Getting back to the yeah. you know, what the podcast is about. Is it is it your CDs that you rip? CD collection? It, no. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is from years. You have CD collections where I've just uploaded them to my iTunes. Yep. Yep. But, you know, probably for the last two years, I, I just buy music on iTunes um, okay. all the time. And um, that, that I suppose that's the interesting part. You know, it was only three years ago. You're still using your CDs for everything mm. to listen to. Now I just about hardly even touch my CDs. And it's, it's you know, whether it's, it's in my car. Yeah, you know, and, and it's right there. It's like one CD is just 20 songs as well as... You, you've got your iPod hooked up or anything like that mm. or um, your Apple computer straight to the speakers, then, you know, you can have it playing all day and you can, you know, make your library of music that you want to listen to for the afternoon or anything like that or and, a party. Oh, ag- agreed. And do you think that shopping in the iTunes store broadens the potential music that you're going to buy in a way as well so that you, you see cover art or other featured uh, albums, what have you, in iTunes that then you think mm. oh, I'll give that a twirl or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, is absolutely. It... I've I've bought a lot of different CDs just because you know iTunes have sort of said, oh, if you like this, you'll probably like this, yes, yes, um, yes, which yes, is quite yes. common. And and I'm seriously not not too knowledgeable on, on artists and songs. And mm-hmm. so when I hear a song, like God, yeah, I really like that one. And then mm. well, what else do they have? And then that's how you get to know the whole album before you know it. You know, it's referred you to someone similar, and that's that's you know how it seems to go. I mean, I've mm. got a great friend of mine in 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 LA. Clarence McDonald. He's mm-hmm. actually one of the world's best composers and you know songwriters, and uh, he's done a lot of things with Jackson Five, Aretha Franklin, and you know Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake, and does a lot of jazz music. And it's it's amazing. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I never really appreciated jazz music until I really met Clarence. And uh, you know, there's always a time and a place when you can just listen to things like that, yep. and just fantastic, um, fantastic music. I think music's great because it's all about an experience. You hear a song, it takes you back to a memory that, you know, what you might have done. And that's, for me, everything. I live on music. Like, in my car, it's music. I literally would never go grocery shopping without my I iTunes. I, I, mean, I love it. I know it's it's crazy, but it's. So you're a normal person. You yeah. go grocery shopping. Well, what's normal? I mean, <laughs> really. Keep talking, Keith. I'm going to go out so. and bash my fabricator over the head until I stop hitting things on my car. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I do. I literally love love music all the time. All around me. So from yep. the minute I wake up to the moment I fall and that, asleep. that would be your love for Apple as well, then you've taken... Yeah, I think so. Cause, you know, it's, it's a convenience factor yeah. with Apple and, and their music. 
It it does, and I think that's the great part. It's um like when I do a lot of my trips to America, I don't know, twenty twelve hour flight, and I'm pretty good sleep on a plane. So seriously, I get on a plane, I eat a meal, I put on my iTunes and listen to some really nice chilled out music. Yep. I fall asleep for eight hours straight, wake up, you know, get to a destination on their time zone, which is really great. And I always think, you know, back to music, it just helps you. It just works. Yeah, it just works. <laughs> So I didn't hear any more bashing, so you no, no, no. didn't have no. to hit him or anything. No, was, didn't even notice. He was... Um, oh, I'm a bit sensitive to it. <laughs> um, well, we just finished iTunes. No. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's like... Um, he's now opening the roller door. <laughs> <laughs> I, did give him, I did give him permission to do that. Um, the... You know, you have uh, certain sectors of the business community, the music business or whatever, you know, whinging about, you know, the way the music business has gone. And obviously the heyday for them is over. They're not reeling in the big bucks like they used to. But, you know, online selling of CDs, it, it's, it's the perfect place, It's which is one of the first products that were sold online, but it's such a perfect place to go shopping for it. I find it far better mm. because JB, as good a shop as it is, as an all-rounder, is, mm. is, is annoying to be in for probably people in your age group and older because mm. the music that's playing in there is generally atrocious and chosen by the person behind the counter. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we, yeah, we, won't, we won't harp on about the piercings and the tats and the bizarre hairstyles. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, 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 it just one thing leads to another, as the internet does, and, yes. and then you can listen to little samples of it. So, mm. I mean, it's sort of perfect. I mean, and, and the old day in record stores because I'm quite old. Um, you, you picked a record and you gave it to the guy behind the counter and he played it for you. Yeah. And he put that on and you listened to a few tracks while you went and selected more records. When was the last time Pretty that cool. happened in a record yeah. shop? That doesn't happen anymore. It hasn't happened for a long yeah, time. And could... so, so I'm in two ways about it. Like, well, And I've said this before on this program about movie shops. Mm. When was the last time that a movie nut was the person behind the counter in a video store. Yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. No, now it's it just doesn't. some 17-year-old who's rooting around with their iPhone and, and keen to get home, you know. So, yeah. you know, so that those two... Changed. Yeah, those two segments, as much as they've, from a bricks-and-mortar point of view, are fading out, mm. they've slightly got themselves to blame in a way, you know. it's come to um, and, and online, you know, particularly with music sales, yes. is a perfect uh, avenue, you know. It, it so, really is. I mean, mm. I remember, you know, I love reading a lot of books and, and mm. Steve Jobs for me is one of my favourite autobiographies. But Richard Brand says, you know, when you when you read Lose My Virginity, one of my first books I've ever read, I think. And, uh, you know, the same thing with the record stores, you know, it became mm. really the hangout place and the beanbags yes. and listening yeah, to that's music. Right. And yes. that's exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Where yeah. Mm. It was just the, the thing to do is whereas now, look, I, I must have, you know, I was, a lot of us, you know, busy these days doing a lot of work, and I find myself on a computer doing a lot of work, but at the same time, mm. while I'm listening to music, I'll just jump on iTunes. Well, I like that. I'll just buy that. Mm. Back to working. So, yes. you know, yes. it's... Um, that's that's, that's another option. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. it's fast yes. and sufficient. I guess that's where, where we are with anything these days. You know, just like your shopping online stores, you know, you can go on a fantastic website where you're taking on a full video where, you know, you're in a really cool place and, you know, you can click on that curtain, buy that curtain, you can click on that couch or mm. where there's the food sitting on the table, you can order all of it and have it delivered to your door. Like, mm. that's mm. where... Is that, is that possible with the Strom product yet online? <laughs> uh, maybe soon, maybe, maybe soon. soon, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, Maybe some legalities there, I suppose. Yeah, look, you know, we, with, with uh, liquor licensing, especially in Queensland, pretty tough laws. So oh, yeah. as far as selling things, it's a lot of restrictions. I, I'd probably look at eBay. It'd probably work well, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> <Shut>. <laughs> um, you could. <laughs> buy. Yeah. Where do you make the product, though? Uh, so, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, the product's made here in Mumbai. Um, it is. Obviously, its recipe, you know, comes from Czech Republic. And yes. uh, we, we talked about the beautiful history of, of, of Prague. And mm. it originated really back in 1870. It was kind of um, an extract that was discovered by soldiers living in the woods during war times. And this is kind of a, you know, tough time. It's freezing weather. And what they do to survive is actually distill spirits from anything like mouldy bread, any kind yes. of wine. Yeah into a spirit, drink it. And they found sitting around the fire and they could smell the, the wood burning was really pleasant aroma. And so yes. they found a way to extract an essence out of that. Yes. And um, over the years, it kind of became became quite a spirit. And in uh, 1918, Czechoslovakia became an independent country and they mm. proclaimed Strom, which back then was called a national spirit, basically as the spirit of the country. And uh, over the years, we've had the recipe in our family, mm-hmm. you know, passed down over generations. Lots of my family had distilleries, worked in distilleries, and uh, we moved to Australia. And it's really in the last couple of years where we just decided to, to, to make it for us and our friends to enjoy. And obviously, you can't just make alcohol. Um, there's oh. obviously legal side of things. So it's we decided can. It's the bit where you go. start selling it. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to go down that long track of the 15 months of getting actually approvals and licensing. And uh, Well, that's part of what I was going to ask you made about. It all happen. you know, back to the beer thing again, for me, is that, yeah, I mean, to set up a brewery is a minefield of licensing and pain mm. and... Uh, red tape. Lots of uh, bookkeeping in relation to the amount of materials you buy and That's so correct. forth. Uh, and what they then, you know, <laughs> obviously <laughs> shrinkage is uh, apparently something the government would like to audit. Uh, how did you find all that process? Stressful, I'm guessing. You know, like anything when, when it's new to you and my background's mm. never been around liquor. Mm. Um, so you've had to get your head around everything as far as, okay, how are we going to start? Where are we going to start? Who's the right person that can help me? Where can we mm. get, you know, equipment is, is a really good example of you really pretty much can't buy anything in this country no. as far as equipment. And, and you know, that's no, you only can't. because Australia is, is a small country, mm. you know, totally away from everywhere else. So that makes it a little bit tricky. But we just through a lot of time, a lot of research, probably dedicated 12 months of my time to actually understanding the industry, mm-hmm. you know, going all the way back to basics of chemistry, water, molecules, spirits, mixing, and then yep. equipment from Europe and finding, you know, water, I'm um, sorry, um, bottle manufacturers and mm. screen printing, all sorts. So there's, there's a, a, there's a, there's a lot huge of amount to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And and did you end up fabricating equipment locally or did you buy old equipment from No, no, old, no. Um, it's probably one thing, um, especially with my dad, obviously high enthusiast, mm. it's all about, you know, everything precise and absolute yes. perfection. Yeah. So all our equipment, of course, was brand new, calibrated, um, most yeah. of it came from Italy or France. Yes. Um, parts of it also from Czech Republic. And mm-hmm. um, then what we did is actually did a lot of customizing to the equipment as well to really make it absolutely precise. And yep. and that's, you know, it's, it's always a thing, especially even if you're starting this, you know, a, in a very small way, you've always, already got to be thinking ahead in, in large oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. systems and procedures and flowcharts, everything, you know, we had in place before you and made our very, very first batch. And, uh I think that's always important, doesn't matter what industry you're in, but, you know, getting things right is all down to perfection. Oh, yeah. And then, well, and that brings consistency, which you need, that's obviously. That's exactly right. Yeah, you can't have strong tasting yeah. different every well, time. That, that's <laughs> right. Bizarrely, people expect it to keep tasting the same, um, uh, which, if it didn't, would be a real problem, I'm guessing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I, well, I was going to say, just finish off on that Strom. The Strom product mm-hmm. in Australia, yes, is it the same product? Is in, what it is in, in Czech, Czech Republic. Yeah, uh, we have definitely taken a little bit of time to reinvent the recipe. Uh, we've kept very much the traditional ways of making and the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, the six ingredients from the mountains of the Czech Republic, which one of those is an extract from a beech tree. I mean, I talked about that earlier mm-hmm. on, and um, we still actually have that all produced in Czech Republic and aged. Okay. And uh, what we do is we really took some time on the whole distilling side because um, Czech people, if you've been there drinking culture is huge and so they can drink pretty powerful spirits you know sliver bits we're talking 60 70 percent so one thing that i i really want to to make sure is we had a really nice smooth mellow spirit and um the spirit we do um we make is is distilled five times and really impurities are very low so on the flavor it's actually quite um quite smooth Mm. and at the same time it's the way it's blended with ingredients the water we use that really, you know, makes the ingredients come together really nicely, which is which is the most important part because it comes down to is the, is the taste. Well, the water is actually something I was going to. I know I'm, I'm hogging the uh, interview here, Keith. Sorry, no, that's right. uh, but it's right up my alley. It's exciting. I have toured a couple of distilleries. Uh, that's a lie. I've toured one <laughs> distillery in Scotland. It felt like more than one, though. Uh, I was, I've only ever been to Scotland for one day, and I only drove there from the south of England just to go to one distillery. Oh, I don't blame you. You know, in Scotland, distilleries. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't even remember the name of the one I went to, but it was the one closest to Glasgow. But uh, the tastings were great. But you know, always talking about the water, you know, and. Um, and it, it applies to beer as well, mm. and the the particular um, uh, balance or the water chemistry of uh, you know, the Bohemian yeah. area, etc., re the Pilsners and what have you. And I, it's very hard to replicate that. And of course, we we know that's true because if you use Melbourne Yarra River water to make a copy of Bex, it tastes like <laughs> yes. crap. So I actually like Bex, and that's the one thing I discovered. Well, Bex in Europe, came to Australia, I went, oh no, no, oh, this no, is not no, right. The, good, good, like real Bex, as you know, fresh it's over there is a bloody good beer. Super sessional, you know, great, light, you know, Pilsner drinking, but it's not as good as uh, you know, Ocal um, and um, yeah, and. Um, Czech Budweiser, which is called, what's Pilsner. it called? Budvar. Budvar. Yeah. Mm. Well, how do you pronounce it correctly? It's Budvar. Budvar. Oh, yeah. So we, we roll the R, Budvar. Budvar. Yeah. So you got it. Nice. Yeah. It sounds nice. Yeah. That, that, that is actually my favorite Pilsner beer because it's got that little hop aroma thing happening in the aftertaste. It's just a delightful beer. But getting back to the water. Yes. So you're using Wumbai water. Yeah, so what we do is we actually use hinterland from the Sunshine Coast yes. water. Um, yeah. And it's exactly what you're saying, you know, what is important. It's funny enough, I was just chatting yesterday um, with, with one of our great mixologists in New Zealand, Ricky Carter. And, Did you just uh, say mixologist? Absolutely, mm. yeah. And, and oh my goodness, you know, this man is creating a cocktail at the moment, which mm. is a blazer. And if you've seen a blazer made, it's all lit up and it's going between, you know, both glasses and oh, it's no. just all up I in drank flames. some of those one but at the same it time, three days to get over it. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, he's found a way to actually have ice in there mm-hmm. without melting in, in together with, um, with actual 
filled inside with a lot of fantastic flavors and so it's still flaming it's still got the eyes and none of it's melting it's amazing but that's but not that's, because of the quality of the water that, how did you bring you back that? to the water i know i got excited about his cocktail but um the reason we're talking about it was the water um you know a friend of mine's got a, a distillery in new zealand called mm-hmm. broken shed vodka and that's the one thing that myself and ricky were talking about yesterday you know how water is such an essential part because at the end of the day you know the the, mm. the, the base of it or the wheat or grain and you know it's really a waste product and it's the water that you use mm. that's going to make a product mm. absolute quality is, um, is it in croy mountain spring water that's going cheap at the moment <laughs> oh as in the company oh that's right they're in, the tr- in trouble aren't they like everyone else yeah, tough times. Um, mm. it is tough times how has tough times affected the strong business because oh. you're in its early stages i mean what? you've been running you've had product for sale for how long Three years, actually. Last week we had three years. Obviously, prior to that, we spent that year and a half in in setting up. And and as far as the product being out, it's been three years. And, um, you know, a lot of businesses doing it tough. And, and, you know, you can see there's definitely a lot of situations where people aren't spending as much. But um, the fortunate part about it is... um, things get tougher people drink more so it's always yeah I, a great i'm thing drinking in, in our, no I less than i ever have oh well, i'm trying to <laughs> trying to but um no it's 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 seriously been very exciting with with our yep. journey with what we're doing and you know we're in we're in australia we're exporting to new zealand starting singapore and obviously i'm looking at this pretty globally in, in, of in into every country so it's mm. yeah very exciting very exciting no no okay Sounds totally exciting. The whole uh, whole world should be drinking Strom soon. Uh, and, oh, yeah. And the best, oh, thing, yeah. best, thing about having, <laughs> best thing about having a product you've got to distribute nas- uh, uh, globally. globally Yes. is that you therefore have to travel globally to promote it. <laughs> oh, bugger. Yeah, it comes with that. Yeah. Um, very exciting stuff. Um, great to see uh, what is having tasted it now this morning. Thank you A for very tasty – oh, my pleasure. A very tasty product. Um, the fact that it's manufactured locally, I like a lot. Uh, I'm big on manufacturing, and I, I feel uh, sad for the fact that Australian manufacturing is, you know, um, heading backwards. But yeah. on a positive note, there is yourself. There's also the uh, Tasmanian distillery, and I think there might be a couple of them now. There is. Actually, there are, you know, that, and that's a great thing is... um. When you are in, in you know in a small business mm. and um, you know being in the distilling business at the moment myself, it's so fantastic to team up with other distilleries. You know, and you're not going against each other. Mm. If anything, you're working together because you're both in the same game. You're both trying to get your name out there and and you know just pretty much show the big guys that hey, we can do this too. And mm. uh, we've got a lot more of an edge than you guys because we can be a lot more flexible. And that's mm. a great thing about a small mm. business. And yeah. you know, it's it's you know Tambourine Mountain Distillery. Um, which which have fantastic products, you know, mm. the Lark Distillery that you mentioned, Tasmania, they're mm. wonderful too. Mm. Our friends of mine in Sydney have uh, Good Head Beer. Uh, we feel like your beer. Yeah. Um, yep. Those guys are in Sydney and a fantastic couple. And you know, so there's there's actually a lot of them, and I'm sure you know a lot of the small microbreweries now with beer oh, and well, here a local here as the, well with the, Greg. He does fantastic. As in Sunshine beers. Coast. Yeah. He so. makes a couple. He makes the best chili bear in the world. I've, he does. Did I say he chili does. bear? I don't chili know. Beer. I meant chili beer. <laughs> I'm a um, but oh no, no, his chili beer. If you when you obviously know him. The next yes, time you I see do. him, tell him that, you know, Andrew Hutchison, self-proclaimed beer aficionado, <laughs> reckons that your chilli beer is the best. And it is. There's a, there's, I mean, I like chilies, but most chilli beers are crap. There's not enough chilli zing or sort of aroma, yeah. chilli aroma to it. It's just a hot beer and it's yeah, unbalanced. But his is good. Good balance. So you, you know, like chilli? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Shelley. We'll have to make him a, a beach tree fizz. This is one of my favourite cocktails that we did. Uh, we did 2,500 of them for the Good Food Wine Show, and it's fresh chilies, ginger, honey. We got topped with limonada and strom, and it is seriously one of the most refreshing oh, drinks. Great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Do you deal with the other distilleries? To, do you use any, any uh, whiskey in your blend? No, or no, no, no. Look, no, we no. make one single product called strom. Uh, so the spirit all is all from... Grapes. The grapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Grapes. So you are you fermenting the grapes or are you buying So what we're doing is are yeah, you buying no. wine effectively and, and, and no, distilling no, no, no. it? You're you making know, it all yourself. With what we do is similar a bit like grapper making, you know, where where mm. you've got after the whole wine mink, wine making process, you've got grape mark which you pretty much, you know, take it, ferment it, turn to a low wine and yeah. um, then you distill that, which yes. we use column stills, uh, three column stills five times, so it's five times distilled to a nice neutral spirit and obviously all the extras that we're using are aged and and um, probably take about that six month, eight to eight month period to have them and then pretty much take some um, 10 days for just the blending of every ingredient individually over 75 hours. So a lot of, um, obviously there's a lot of secret behind the whole production. Oh yeah, no, we're not asking for secrets. It, but, um, but then it goes yeah. into oak. Sorry? It goes into oak. Into no. we don't age the final product, so the you extracts don't. age, but not the strom. So this is this is the thing that makes strom. Yep. If you've heard of a spirit called cachaça, it's a spirit of Brazil. And yes. It's a sugarcane spirit, it's not a rum. It's yeah. a sugarcane spirit. Similar sort of concept where it's you know, it's always been within the country. Hang on, in, it's a sugarcane spirit, but it's not a rum. The cachaça. Yeah. Yes. So it's not aged against its own. It's its own way. It's fantastic too. It's, yeah. um, if you've had a chance to try it. Great, great, great spirit, okay. and and so with Strom, you know, over in Czech, it's it's called a national spirit. It's it's it was quite interesting because it really became a debate in the parliament. So House. all of that beech tree extract stuff is dealt with in the Czech Republic still. You sort of that is do right. It. So yeah. that yeah. So yeah. you've got a lot of family that's always you know been around the distilling and the pro- yes. you know, process yeah. of making it, and that's the great thing we have you know relationship with them and um, get gets part over there and. Mm-hmm. Sent over here, and then we get stuck in a busy making strum. Um, Keith, dirt bikes. Do we do any Avery? Yeah, no, we have quite a lot. We finished that bit. Okay. Do you do you have any ex- aspirations for having a better stereo? Oh, uh, in the sense yeah, of, of course. Like, like you know, in ten years' time, when strum is uh, you know widely known international product is regarded as the finest spirit in the world and uh, you know, outside of the best Scotch whiskies, of course, etc., um, <laughs> etc. Et um, and you've got a lazy mill just to spend on a stereo. Yeah. Would you? Like, that's a stupid question. I'm gonna, I retract that question. And I think you already know the answer what I'd have in my living room. Insert it with another one. Um, <laughs> no, I think my point was, my, my point really is getting at is convenience and music in itself of interest to you more than the fidelity? Or have you even heard ever a really great sounding system, I think is the, perhaps the question. I think asking. I'm really fortunate, and as I said, it comes back to my dad, to really mm. appreciating quality. And, yeah. um, you know, at the end of the day, if you've got some music going in your car and your Apple computer, it's, it's you know, it's cool, but it's not when you really want to appreciate music. And to mm. sit down in front of a sound system, you know, and, and as you know, B&O is definitely by far one of my favourites. Not to say I still, you know, enjoy Bose sound system lower and a few different brands. <laughs> but... 
We can edit that out, Hannah can't we? Just said bows. Did you say bows? <laughs> and on that note, we're going to have a three second break because somebody just walked in the door. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to the Yukon Lounge, started hanging out with this girl there. Said her and her husband had busted up. She said she wasn't used to drinking, but I could tell she was. We're back. Back again. Now we've got to wrap up. Hannah's got to go. She's a high flying executive and she needs to go and make some money. Um, she is a high flying executive. Tell us about your movie before you go. Movie? Oh, you know, that's so excited. You have no idea. (laughs) It's um, actually not a YouTube movie, though. This is is amazing. I'm sorry. Am I like really loving this? Yeah. No, go. It's pretty exciting. Okay. um, So it's it's a film that we put together. It's actually two films. One's obviously a commercial, Mm -hmm. and one is uh, very much a cocktail video that we've really kind of turned into a very high end. James Bond, very classic also style video, which has just been quite a big, big production. We had about 20 people on location and probably another 20 just working on it. And it's a it's a film we're basically doing with Petri Films. And Petri Films does amazing films. He's just finished the Snow Collective movie for the World Heli Challenge. And he does a lot of car racing stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you know the Fink Race in, in uh, middle of Australia mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he does all the filming. And, uh, well, had, he's particularly. You know, he's I had such a, oh, you go, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a, such a privilege actually mm-hmm. meeting Petri last year in the Heli Challenge. And, and we really clicked as you know as friends but in business ways as well and so he's been older a filmmaker on that whole film side and and finally tonight we actually get to get to launch it at the Emporium Hotel um, it's kind of just a so pre-launch this is, exclusive, this is kind of yeah the, 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 the VIP launch very much for the people involved um, but as soon as it's out tonight it's basically going to start um, being promoted all around Australia and New Zealand so and Asia. I'm going to be a little bit naive a, a cocktail film yeah where do you display that where does it where, where do you go to view that? So there's a couple of things. I mean, you know, it will definitely be viral marketed as well in you know social media and stuff. But a lot of the um, a lot of the cocktail videos are also for a lot of hotels, a lot of industry people, our bartenders. So we oh, do okay. have a very special. So is it a, it's, it's like a training video in essence? You know, how to part make, of it is. Yeah, how to part make of a couple of different recipes. Using Absolutely, your and, and I think the reason for it is because you know, strong being its own thing, um, people don't really know what it is. And so mm. what we've decided to do because we do a lot of training around the country and, and New Zealand about Strom, but um, we decided to make sure, make a video which not only, again, bring comebacks to music, you adding in music which creates an experience and, and a memory. We talk about what Strom is, how you drink it, shows, you know, what glass you use it out of, the whole feeling, you know, the, with the, we use gorgeous burlesque models and actresses part mm. of this film. Sounds good. You know, very Russian spy escorts with the head bartender. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a girl, Crystal Hart. She's just one of the best bartenders in the country at the mm-hmm. moment. Absolutely sensational. So we've got a lot of amazing talent and mm. came together a movie to really educate Australia and you know, what is Strom and, and mm. how do I drink it and you know, what's it really all about. So yeah, I'm really excited about this because you know, I've as if I'm only just learned making films is is a pretty major process. And uh, um, and sounding, for example, is a big part of it too, you know, just yep. working on that part. So I'm just very fortunate having Petri that's been able to do so much of so much of that. And you shot this predominantly at this tricky favourite location place. of yours. Yes, yeah. my favourite place in, in the country, Spice's Peak. And yeah. uh, Spice is part of um, a lot of many luxury retreats around Australia. And uh, it's on a mountaintop in Cunningham's Gap, so out towards Warwick Way, middle of nowhere. Almost local. That's it. 
Almost like one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and you can only get there by helicopter or giant four-wheel drive. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a tricky thing to, mm. to get to the top, mm. but it's worth it when you're there. Like, mm. it's pretty or magic. Or KTM. <laughs> oh, look, no worries on KTMs, <laughs> yeah. KTMs nice can go easy. anyway. <laughs> um, thank you for coming in. Thank you very much for having me. Some of what we spoke about was to do with audio video. so that. But it, actually, it is interesting to um, to get that, that, um, that uh, idea, I suppose, of... Yeah, you know, the how people are actually listening to music these days, and how, and you and you readily admit that three years ago you had a collection of CDs, and now it's all on the computer. And that. I mean, people are listening, going, well, "Duh," but it's it's not duh because you're not a techno phobe. Any, no. be except to the degree that you like your iPad or in love with your iPad and your <laughs> iPhone and your Mac, but um, or Apple Mac, as I think we need to call it these days, um, or whatever they're called. Um, those things, those computers for people who can't work computers. Um, oh, really? Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, you had me going there. She really looked upset. <laughs> I, so you're a great kidding. actress as well. <laughs> you had me going. Oh, God, I've done it now. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so I mean, it's... what? Do you, okay. Yes. We've got to wrap up. You've got to go. I've got to go. Oh, I will let you go. I was, I was going to have one other quick question. Go on for business, it. But no, I was just going to say, what, what, what do you make a, 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 a suggestion of the future? of? What do you see as the future in certain areas, like in, 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 in business or in retail? What, what, do you, what is your feeling, for instance, on this online world that seems to, of retailing that yeah. seems to be appearing, which, of course, has been around forever. I mean, of I've been buying things online for a long time, and you obviously have as well. Yes, of course. But it's got into the mainstream obviously it has do you see it getting to a point because i mean and the reason why i'm putting this question to you is because mm. you you're building a, a high-end product which is sold in bricks and mortar places i mean mm. you're not selling it online and really you're sort of not ever going to really because it's it's something that's served in bars in decent restaurants etc cetera, etc cetera, and sold you know in, in high quality bottle shops uh that's not going to change is it or is it or is it? Well, that's right. <laughs> to, look, to be honest with you, and I think also from my experience with now Strong Building and Up, we're starting to get a lot of demand for the product. And, um, you know, I'm getting a lot of phone calls of orders all around the world. And um, mm. that really brings it back to exactly what you just said. Seriously, online, you yes. know, the convenience. Okay. People people want that. People need that. And um, because these days I think a lot of us are, are living pretty pretty stressful lives, rush, there's a lot of things going on, whether, you know, you've got children and then going off to soccer or if you're independent mm. or you're a career person, like, no matter what, like, time's pretty precious. And, yes. you know, if I, I know from, from my own thing, if I can have a couple of hours with my husband chilling out, much rather do than have things ordered online rather than running around to a shop because I oh, find yeah, that yeah. pretty stressful and I avoid it just about anything. It's not cost. a pleasure because whenever it's you've not. got the time, everyone else has got the time and the supermarket or the shopping centre turns That's into exactly a chaotic right, yeah. mess. I mean, I do my Christmas shopping pretty much by June, July, so I don't go near a shop towards the end of the year. And so I think online thing is a big thing, you know. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I'm very much focused on quality and that comes back to the sound system that we talked about. Yes. You know, there's nothing's going to ever replace, you know, a quality system sound coming out for me out of a B&O, we can enjoy that. So, you know, I think it's a bit of both. Like, yes, we want things now and quick and efficient, but at the same time, it's, you know, quality is still important. So it depends you, how important it is to you. And that quality is important. And I, I get annoyed that quality retail experiences, such as the way it used to be, say, shopping at Myers, and I know it's not a high-end store, but and never was, but it used to be a good example of what retailing could be mm. and should be. Mm. Do you think that that retailing experience has 
been reduced. It's not oh, yeah. what it used to be. Oh, absolutely. And therefore, they are partly wrecking it for themselves. Then, like, if you're gonna, if you are gonna make that effort to go shopping mm. and blow that two hours with your loved ones that you you would otherwise yes. prefer to sit in front of the fire drinking strong, um, <laughs> you or, or whatever, um, or coming up with new marketing plans for strong. <laughs> um, the should it not be a great retailing experience, which it can be. I mean, some. Yeah. Yeah, you know, B and O do do that well. I mean, that you, you know, everything has to be an experience, and you know, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what company you have, mm. what brand you have. Everything has to be experienced, and especially now, retailers are doing it tougher than ever with with the whole online mm. side of things. So, if you're going to walk into a shop and you're making that time to do that, mm. the first thing you should feel like you're walking down a red cup into any store, and yeah. it's, it's the approach, it's yep. the friendliness. You know, why not a glass of uh, well, well, I don't know, a glass of water, maybe champagne or a strong. But the point is, it's you know, having good ambience within a mm. store because these stores really need to step up their game to really keep these customers coming back. Otherwise, mm. you know, you will lose them, you know, and I yeah. see that. Like, seriously, do you lose a lot of interest going shopping? And, you know, I'm just like any girl, I love clothing, but um, I avoid shopping as just yes. about as much as I can. So. Because it's become a... Um, it's too hectic. But, but yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, it's too, too hectic. hectic. I mean, try even parking your car. Well, that's <laughs> so. right. So the car park is one thing, but then when you finally get into the store... Uh, what do you find? Like a product knowledge, not a, a lackadaisical attitude to service? Or yeah, a you... lot of things. A lot of things, I guess. You know, and qualities. Again, one of them um, depends what you're looking for. But, you mm. know, again, come back to whether it's whether it's an item or a clothing, you want you want quality. But at the same time, you know, you're willing to pay the price. Um, but the most important part is the relationship and, and the, the feeling of a store. So mm. something makes you feel great. Like, you, you know, you can almost just well, about you... spend a lot more than you were going to. Yes, yes. Because it exactly felt great. So. If, if they create the atmosphere and put you in a comfortable place and put you in effectively a buying mood, well, certainly. and the price is not that nope. big an nope. issue because it's a total experience. And on Absolutely. that note, yes. we'll let you go and do some work. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank it's you, been Hannah. Fantastic. Great it's, to um, hear about your what we now know is a fantastic tasting product, and uh, and great to see quality manufacturing occurring on the Sunshine Coast and in Australia for that. Absolutely, matter. and great to see you know what you guys are doing here on the Sunshine Coast because uh, it is small market. We're, and not, we're not doing that. Love it. No, I don't <laughs> that much, but it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So thanks again. Thank you. Just no remember worries. us. We'll be still here. We'll be. Yeah. Will we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the Thank okay. you. Thanks again.